and welcome back to the Tallinn University podcast. I am your host, Terry McDonald. I'm a lecturer of international relations here at TLU. First things first, I want to congratulate our contest winner, Mr. Eren Bayazitoglu. He won the wild honey from the rooftop of Tallinn University. So I hope you enjoy the work of those fine Estonian bees. If you want to hear what we're talking about there, you can go back to our episode for the green month, Why Bees Matter. For today's episode, we're going to be returning to our theme of why Estonia matters, today in the field of education. To give a little background on what we're going to be talking about, one of our researchers, uh, master's student Rahatne Polage, has prepared a little text for us. Education lays the foundation of a secure and functioning society. Therefore, many countries invest in a knowledge economy to ensure the economic well-being of their citizens. For a long time, even though countries invested in education, there were not particular methods of comparing the outcomes of their investments and school systems based on student skills and knowledge capacity. Therefore, in the year 2000, the OECD introduced a survey for international student assessment called PISA to measure the competencies of 15-year-old students in the areas of mathematics, science, and reading literacy. PISA tests have resulted in homogenization of education policies, standardization of curricula stressing competencies and learning outcomes in most of the countries of the OECD. The OECD has pointed out that measurable educational standards can be used to increase the competency of teachers, have more autonomy for schools, and increase the accountability of schools for learning outcomes. Estonian students have made remarkable achievements, and these were highlighted in the year 2018, in which Estonian students ranked first in all European countries in all three assessment subjects. Go Estonian! Today's episode is brought to you by the Masters of Screen Media and Innovation here at Tallinn University. How relevant are screens in your life? Do you, like an average American, spend 12 hours a day in front of your screen? I know during pandemic times, I've averaged at least 12 hours a day, I'm sure. Screen media is a crucial source of information, uh, interaction, and basically it is the medium of our modern society. So come study screen media and innovation here at the Baltic Film Media and Arts School. It's all in English. It's a very internationalized program and competitive tuition prices. You can find out more at www.tlu.ee slash admissions. To discuss Estonia's success, today we have Dr. Matti Heidmitz, Professor of Social Psychology in the School of Natural Sciences and Health and the School of Education of Tallinn University. Graduated from Tartu State University in Psychology and Social Psychology, he's a member of the TLU Center of Excellence in Educational Innovation, and that's why he's with us today. So enjoy our interview with Dr. Matty Heidmitz. Hello, and welcome to the TLU podcast. Um, we're here today with Mati Heidmitz. Mati, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Okay, thank you. My name is Mati Heidmitz. I'm a professor of psychology at Tallinn University. And last 10 years also involved in an educational innovation center of this university. 
So my my job in the university is combination of, of psychology and educational issues. Excellent. Well, welcome to the pod. Okay. Uh, so first of all, let's go back a bit. When you started school uh, as a boy, uh, where did you start school and uh, what was your school like? Can you paint us that picture? Okay, this, this was a Soviet time. Okay. Almost 100 years ago. <laughs> uh, actually, the school was a nice place for me. Uh, it, it was, in spite of the, the system was a Soviet one, the school was a student in Estonian language. Actually, I passed all the, my 11 years in a, in a school uh, using Estonian language as a language of, of teaching learning, as well as in the university. I, had a, I passed a program of, of psychology. It was uh, in Estonian language. But when I wanted to defend my dissertation, uh, I had to move to Moscow and do it, uh, do it in Russian. Mm. So it was sort of a peculiarity of the Soviet educational system. But, but still, I think that uh, the, the education we, we got during uh, uh, Soviet times it was a, a solid and, and strong one. So I, I think this, this, this I have created also the, the strong basis for Estonian current success in, uh, let's say, in bizarre, bizarre ratings. Okay, so how would you describe the approach to education then and how, how has it evolved since then? Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it was more sort of um, teacher-centered or, or, or it was a, quite a hierar hierarchical uh, system uh, and lifestyle in a, in a school that's uh, directors director and teachers they were bosses and and students were uh, smaller bosses so we had to uh, obey uh, the, the rules and uh, we have also we had to follow all the instructions uh, if 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 you compare with the current Estonian schools, I think there are more sort of child-centeredness or, or, or more taking into account different needs or individualities of, of the children. Uh, this was not so much a case in, in during the Soviet time. But at the same time, there were a lot of uh, possibilities for extracurricular activities you have to participate in some sport clubs or there was a very huge pioneer organization where, where some camping and these kind of things were carried out. So I, I can't say that uh, I am not, I am some sort of unhappy with my schooling years during Soviet times. I am uh, still happy with those years and and I, I, I think this, this, uh, this was a different experience uh, comparing to the uh, today's schools in Estonia. But they are still, I think, uh, they are still today. We can feel some elements or roots from this Soviet time. Okay, so now that we're at today, 
Is there something that the Estonian education system that makes it different from its neighbors? Um, like say Russia, Finland, is there something that Estonia is doing differently internationally? Yeah, as, as uh, during the PISA studies, Estonia happened to be quite successful, as you maybe know. And, and even uh, especially during the last PISA study, Estonian school children have happened to be the actually one of the most uh, uh, talented or, or, or presenting the, the best results also in a world context. There have been very many people who have asked during last year that what, what, what is um, what is the reasons why why Estonians are doing so so well? And um, if we start to think about the reasons or the roots, there seems to be several uh, factors, or several uh, um, forces which have resulted in in this Estonian position amongst the top performance in the world. The first is, I think, uh, our history. Uh, our history, which uh, uh, have uh, gave some uh, attitude toward education, that that the, the education and schools, this is not something for fun, <clears throat> but this is a place for hard work. And and uh, if you if you look back, let's say to the nineteenth century. Then uh, the end of 19th century, majority of Estonians were literate, which was quite uh, unusual in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the reason seems to be that that there was sort of pressure from the families that they, they wanted to send their kids to the to the schools, and and the attitude was that you have to go to school and work hard, achieve to be be among the best. So some sort of historical attitudes, uh, uh, valuating, uh, highly valuating the education. This this might be sort of one of sort of of reason why we have got such a good results today. Another basket of reasons or or sources of our success might be related to the Estonian school system, which means that the Estonian schools uh, are really quite autonomous organizations, which is not in the case in, in, in many countries. Estonian schools are quite free to choose their curricula, to modify their curricula, to, to choose their, uh, their uh, uh, some special directions to the languages or natural sciences or arts. And many, many schools are really doing this. Uh, schools are also quite autonomous, uh, hiring teachers, uh, uh, establishing their salary levels, uh, uh, organizing their, their everyday uh, classroom practices. And I think that that's a sort of a, uh, opportunity to act independently, autonomously, and and also some sort of feeling responsibility. This have helped a lot of uh, 
uh, Estonian schools to uh, almost each school to find their own face or their own niche in mm. educational landscape and and I think this this have been also had some positive impact to the outcomes of uh, the knowledge level of the students. Okay, well, if we could go back a step, could you explain to our audience what the PISA survey is and why they're considered relevant in matters of education? Okay, <clears throat> PISA survey. Uh, this is a survey of 15 years old students uh, carried out uh, by OECD, and, and this survey is measuring the knowledge uh, performance level in, in several uh, subject fields, fields, in math, mathematics, in uh, natural sciences, and in languages. And uh, this is sort of international comparative study, which uh, uh, as a final step is ranking the nations, uh, the countries, according uh, to the results of the 15 years old students. And according to the last uh, PISA study, Estonia happened to be amongst the top five in the world. Mm. Uh, also with Singapore and also with Finland and also with some provinces from Canada and, uh, and other, all other countries which happen to be in the top in a PISA rating. They are usually sort of bigger and more wealthy nations and Estonia is not so wealthy and it's its former uh, communist country, but um, it, it means that that there should be something uh, in Estonian educational system which which make us um, possible to to be in, in among the best performance in the, in the world. So, how much importance do you place on it personally? Uh, you you mean how much results or are this this position? Well, um, how do you think it is a perfectly representative survey? Yes, yes. This is this is a, this is one of the few really representative surveys, uh, and uh, it, it, it's carried out, as I mentioned, by OECD, and uh, there, there are sort of standardized tests which are carried out in, uh, in uh, all countries the same way. So this is, I, I think this is uh, almost one of the few representative comparative studies uh, concerning the educational performance. And uh, that, that's why we have to take the results of this study seriously. Uh, you mentioned uh, historical uh, context. I uh, mentioned autonomous schools. Is there anything else about the Estonian educational system that you think has allowed them to succeed in this way? Yes, uh, I think also important uh, uh, side of the Estonian educational system is that uh, the extracurricular activities or possibilities are developed in this country. 
uh, almost, uh, I don't know, 70, 80% of the kids during the primary school time, they also participate or in, in the music schools or in some sports schools or in some, some uh, 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 groups or, 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 or trainings concerning the environmental issues or, or almost uh, majority of kids are not only attending schools, but having also some extra curricular activities, which is also promoting their development and, and promoting their uh, or, or widening their worldview. So uh, um, all this uh, hobby education system or, or infrastructure is um, really very well developed in this country. So what exactly is it about having high participation in extracurriculars that leads to better academic results? Um, I, I, I think it's, it, it, it gives, uh, for many kids, sort of balancing uh, opportunities. Because, as I mentioned, the Estonian schools often used to be no, places for hard work. You, you have to work and you have to achieve something and to, to, to have some relax also some uh, to, to, to reduce stress. You, you can go to run or, or play football or basketball or, or, or play some music or do, do anything this. So, so I, I think this is, this is an important uh, also both for the development of kids as well as balancing the, them physically and, and emotionally. Well, obviously this has been a challenging year for education, uh, given the pandemic, uh, different uh, accessibility issues. How do you think Estonia has dealt with um, education uh, in these circumstances? Uh, actually, nobody knows, because it's not yet over. <laughs> But, well, how do you uh, think Estonia is equipped to deal with the? Uh, but but uh, but of course, uh, compared to Estonia, maybe uh, was better prepared from the digital infrastructure uh, because uh, the digital turn have been last 10, 15 years one of the priority in the country, and and actually all 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 schools are equipped with with this with his uh, Wi-Fi and the computers and all this, this infrastructure. So uh, I, I don't think that for Estonians, it, it wasn't a big issue, a big problem to, to uh, survive this uh, distance learning period uh, technically. But of course, it, it, it's a more problem to uh, to adapt these teaching methods and teaching strategies to this new situation. And, and of course, uh, there are a lot of problems. And, and as far as I know, the, the, this too very much depends on school leadership and school organization, how, how the schools can arrange this new way of teaching and learning. And some schools seems to be more successful than, than other schools. But of yeah. course, we, we, we can some make some, draw some final conclusions when this uh, 
virus will leave us. And again, somehow summarize what happens actually. Yeah, well, that sort of leads me back to uh, one of the points you brought up earlier. You said one of the strengths of the Estonian system is the autonomy of the schools. Are there also downsides to having such uh, decentralization? I I don't think that is, of, of course, uh, as I also may already mentioned, uh, if if the schools are autonomous, uh, very much very many uh, that too much depends on school leadership and and school principal, and and if uh, happens so that in some schools. Uh, the principal or, or, or the leadership is not um, at a very good level or, or, or actually somehow lazy, then, that, then it, it also uh, leads to, to the problems, not only in, in the context of teaching in the COVID times, but, but uh, it leads some problems also in, in ordinary everyday life. And therefore, uh, the school leadership issues have been standing during last decade uh, as as an important issue also for the uh, Ministry of Education and, and for the government to, to promote and find those people who are really able to be sort of uh, uh, leaders and, 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 and uh, to, to enjoy uh, the, the autonomy in a responsible way. Yeah, well, that sort of brings me to Another question. What do you see as the future of education in Estonia? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a big, uh, big uh, debate going on in a country now because uh, explain, yeah. there, are, there are several uh, parties or, or several uh, positions which are actually debating each other. There, there are people who, who think, are thinking that as we, according to the bizarre results, we are among the best in the world. We don't need to change anything. We, we, we have already, we are doing a good job and, and leave us uh, alone. Uh, don't don't, uh, don't uh, talk to us um, anything about the innovations and new methods and new approaches. And, and we, don't, we don't need this. And th th this is a quite a uh, widespread attitude towards uh, uh, among the older generation of teachers. But at the same time, there are also uh, not only discussions, but also some experiments or, or some testings going on in Estonian schools who actually are trying to introduce new, more, let's say, child-centered uh, methods of teaching, let's say flipped classrooms or project teaching or this kind of uh, um, outdoor teaching and, and this kind of, of new, new ways of doing the, the teaching. I'm sorry, uh, what's, a, what's a flipped classroom? Uh, it, it, it's turned around classroom, which, which means that uh, the, the kids uh, not, not um, if the traditional way of, of learning is that kids are coming to the classroom and teacher, teacher is explaining something, then in this, in this format, the, the kids have to read something at home 
and they will come to the classroom and discussing, not 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 learning, but discussing what they have done in the home. There, there are a number of uh, new methods and new ways how how to teach, and there are no number of enthusiastic younger teachers who actually uh, no, are, are thinking that okay, we we are doing a good job, but. The world is changing. Kids are changing. Uh, labor marking uh, demands are changing, and we are we have also changed our ways of teaching and learning in our schools. So there, there are some tensions between more traditionalists, more traditional way of thinking teachers and schools, and those who are trying to test and introduce some innovative approaches. Well, as you work at the Center for Excellence in Educational Innovation, I, I guess I can assume you're on the side of further, further innovation? Yes, uh, we, we, we are actually in, in this center, we are um, proposing some new uh, didactics, didactical methods. Uh, for instance, there is a big question standing in Estonian schools, how to make mathematics and and also all those uh, natural and real sciences more attractive for students. And there is a program going on now. Now uh, how to use robots in the math lessons. We and we, we we are elaborating this these methods and procedures, and also uh, proposing to the schools. And those schools who are interested, they are sending their teachers. Then we we work together sometimes, and then I, they will they are going back to the schools and testing this uh, uh, robot uh, ro robot enhanced or, or robot helped uh, math teaching in their own classrooms. So, so we, we, we also, um, of course, we are in a position that the school can't stay in, in, in the same um, uh, place they used to be last decades. And we are trying to both uh, promote those uh, new approaches and, and also uh, to create them together with the teachers. Well. I got to say, the idea of a robot math helper sounds a lot of fun to a ten-year-old. Uh, yes, it uh, kids like this, of course, of course, and and it it helps make makes this math uh, lessons more attractive, more interesting. Excellent. So, what are the lessons that other countries should take from the Estonian example when it comes to education? I, I I don't think that it's possible to take over this sort of model from or or export a model from each one actually its own unique history and, and and context. But still, I I think that um, that the uh, way to give more and more autonomy to schools. To more more possibilities to make decisions, 
to to shape their own curricula and and uh, and how to organize all this teaching learning process. Uh, I, I think this is a um, good thing to test also in in other countries and uh, actually in in our context context I think this have been sort of uh, uh, have gained some really positive results or, or this is this is sort of strong side of our system and I I think other countries at least. Uh, uh, can can try and 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 uh, and try maybe maybe this this is also important and good for them. Would you think that are teachers uh, happy in Estonia? Teachers are not. Teachers are doing uh, a good job, but if you look to their satisfaction with their work and especially satisfaction with their, their salary, they are not very happy. But but still, from other side, they are quite strongly uh, keeping their teaching positions. Those teachers who want to leave, it, it's not very very. Of course, uh, there are part of teachers who are, who are thinking to change the job, but but it's not very high. But um, yes. Uh, um, for many teachers, uh, salary issues are standing as a urgent problems because in spite the salary level have been increased during the last five, seven years quite considerably, but still uh, I think uh, majority of teachers think that they are deserving more money than they are really getting. Do you think students in Estonia are happy? Sorry? Do you think students in Estonia are happy? Uh, it depends. Uh, uh, on the age of students. If you, if you look to the uh, survey data, the first, second, third, the majority enjoy the schools, and then uh, the happiness is going down. Six, seven, eight, nine grades are... No, majority of the, among them are not uh, so happy. Uh, visiting everyday schools and, and working hard. But at the, in the gymnasium level, the, the school satisfaction, school happiness is also going up. So it, it, it depends on the age. You, you will start with uh, quite a high happiness, then it's going down at the end of the uh, uh, those schooling years. It's, it's going also up. Okay. Uh, for our North American audience, gymnasium is high school. Sorry? Well, I was explaining for the North Americans in the audience that uh, gymnasium is high school level. Gymnasium is high school. It's, it's, it's a great uh, uh, 11th, 10th, 11th, and uh, 12th. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if there is a way that you could summarize the Estonian approach to education, how would you do it? What is working here? What is the approach that's working? Uh, Estonian approach to education uh, is also characterized by the fact that it, it, it is an uh, important issue in a society. If you, if you look to the media and, and if you look at debates, then, then the educational issues 
are standing as a, one of the most important issues the country whole, as a whole. And, uh, and uh, the, 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 the questions of education, how to finance it, how to organize it, uh, what, what should be the textbooks, and so on, so on. The, the, this is, uh, those are not discussed only by the educationalists, but also majority of the counterparts in the society, parents, businessmen, politicians, they are also participating in this the discussion of, of the educational matters. So I think it's, it's, it's good and it, it's important that, that the education is not uh, uh, something among hundreds of other issues in the public agenda. But this is, uh, this is for sure among uh, uh, the top five issues in the Estonian public agenda. And I think it's, it's, it's a good and important thing. Excellent. Well, Professor uh, Heimitz, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, I'm, I'll, we'll share the link to the Center of Excellence in Education and Innovation uh, if anyone wants to read further. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, thanks for joining us again on the Town University podcast. Special thanks to Dr. Matty Heidmitz for joining us. I want to thank our sponsors, Town University School of Governance, Law, and Society, and the Baltic Film, Media, and Arts School here at TLU. Our producer has been Avo Ulvik. Research has been by Vega Simole, Rahatne Palage, Sadat Owadu, Maurice Odo, and Ilya Shore. The theme song is by myself and Paul Simmons. All other music is by Avo or myself. You can find us on Twitter at Talon Podcasts, on Facebook and Instagram at TLU Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating five stars. We appreciate it. And otherwise, we will see you in two weeks. Thanks for joining. Today's episode is brought to you by Talon University's Bachelor of Arts in Politics and Governance program. The BA in Politics and Governance is a contemporary academic program combining a strong politics and governance core with a variety of choices, including international relations, economics, and management modules. It is a curriculum aimed at preparing students for the more complex and interrelated world of today. No country or company is an island anymore. They're all affected by political, societal, and economic trends, national and international policies, governmental and non-governmental actors. The program equips students with a broad knowledge basis to prepare them for a future not just in government or party politics, but also as knowledgeable and capable actors in international organizations, the third sector, NGOs, or the private sector. I myself am a lecturer in this program and can attest that it is broad-based, it is enjoyable, it is international, and it is all in English. And it is quite affordable. You can find out more at www.tlu.ee admissions. <laughs>